0: This past week had uh, ups and downs for me, lots going on, lots, uh, a couple of difficult things, a couple of fun things, and it's just how life is, isn't it? And just this morning, I needed to grab a friend and ask him to pray for me and go and just tell him how I am needing to use these circumstances to drive me to learn to trust the Lord more and more, uh, instead of letting the circumstances of life spin me out and caused me to try to manipulate things and, and control things and uh, find my own way through it. Does anybody relate to that? So may Sundays and may our times together as believers in Jesus be uh, full of lifting our eyes to Jesus and pointing each other to the glory of our God. So uh, one of the great things about this past week is um, we got to host here on our campus uh, a pastors and wives dinner. And we had a, Amy and I had a great time. Uh, this church is part of a greater association of churches nationally and worldwide called the Evangelical Free Church of America, and uh, I am connected with about eight other pastors in our Oregon region that we meet monthly, and then um, we got together with our wives on Friday night here on our campus and had a great time of uh, laughing and telling stories and getting to know each other more and eating a yummy meal from LPK tacos from LPK Tacos from LPK. Pique? Anybody know about that? Okay. <laughs> Woo, man, you're making me nervous there for a second. Uh, So we had a great meal, um, great time. uh, All said and done, it was a good time. But I will just say this detail. In the 24 hours leading up to the dinner, we went from nine couples to five couples due to illness. Does that sound familiar, the circles you're in? Yeah. So that was a bummer, right? We were sad for them and, and sad for the dynamics of the group. But we had a plan, and it went a different way. And we adjusted and made the most of it. Um, and, uh, and so then, speaking of having a plan, we had a plan for this morning's message from God's Word. And it's a little different this morning due to illness. You can pray for Pastor Jake and his family as they recover from crud that that's we're all getting passed around. Uh, so, I asked God to help me out and see what we were going to do with our time of worship together. And uh, I believe that He has, and here's, here's why. Because... Anytime we gather together, we have an opportunity to hear from God's word, right? And so, even more than even, even more so this morning. That's true every Sunday. And this morning we are going to hear from God's word because there won't be a whole lot else I add because I wasn't planning on doing this. Uh, so also, that's one of the, that's another reason that we will be a little shorter this morning and uh, give you a chance to connect with each other and then get, get a chance to go to our, head to our meeting. All right, we have a chance to be in God's Word, and let me just run through these on the screen so that we can be encouraged about being in God's Word. Jesus himself quoting the Old Testament, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hebrews 4 says, for the Word of God is living and active. Church family, do you know that to be true? Not just when it was written, not just when Jesus walked the earth, but living and active in 2023, and, and God has a chance to speak to us this morning. Second Timothy says that all scripture is breathed out by God. Yes, pen to paper by humans, but God's word breathed out by God for what purposes? For pro- is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Psalm 119 says, your word, God, is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. And I love Isaiah 40. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen? So if you will, or if you're, if you're willing, the next bit of time we have together this morning, we want to hear from God through his word. So if you have a Bible with you, I hope you do, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1. You might want to pull out a device with the Bible app. That would be the second option if you don't have the awesomeness of a book and paper in front of you. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1. And since we are—I'm this I'm excited about this. I have always wanted to do this, and we've never really made it happen. And what I'm talking about is uh, we are going to hear from God's Word right through a big chunk this morning— in, in a relatively short period of time, and yet we are just going to hear straight through a big chunk of Scripture. In recent months, you may know that we are in a series of messages we've called Kingdom Life, and we're teaching our ways through our, our way through Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, which is known as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's one of the most significant collections, all in one place, of Jesus' teaching. And so, chapters five, six, and seven are Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I think we have a unique opportunity this morning. We're about halfway through our teaching series. We've spent the last few months preaching chapter 5 and part of chapter 6. We're spending the next couple of months preaching through the rest of chapter 6 and into chapter 7. And here kind of in this unique opportunity that God gave us this morning because of change of plans, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to hear God's word, the Sermon on the Mount, all the way through. So join me in Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1. This Before Jesus starts speaking, let's just have a couple of quick introductory comments. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Uh, we pointed this out some number of months, uh, weeks ago. The Sermon on the Mount both begins and ends with comments about the authority from where these words come from. And where we see that in verse 1 is Jesus taking the posture of a teacher, sitting down and his disciples coming to him is a posture of authority to teach God's word. And so here, the, the, and, and then you'll see when I read the sermon, how the sermon ends with a statement of authority, Jesus' authority to, for us to hear the words of Jesus. Um, this should teach us that the words we're about to hear from Jesus, Jesus is king, And his kingdom is here, and it is unfolding, and it will be completed in the future. So we are sitting at the feet of the king of the universe, teaching us. Verse 2 says, Jesus opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and then we're going to hear his words of the Sermon on the Mount. And before we do, church family, the gospel is the spectacular news that sinners like you and me have been rescued from sin and death by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That we don't rescue ourselves. That we need to come to the end of ourselves. That we recognize, I can't do it on my own. And we need to trust our lives to Jesus. It is only by faith in Jesus that we are saved. It is only through faith in Jesus that we are forgiven of sin, made right with God, adopted into his family, being transformed from the inside out and given a life eternal in the presence of God because of Jesus and the gospel good news of what he has done on the cross. And in, in, here's what we've talked about before, Faith Church. Those of you who are in Christ, there is no status quo with your life. If you become a follower of Jesus, it isn't just... I become a follower of Jesus. I step in the club and that's it. Done. Arrived. End of story. No, if you are a follower of Jesus and you become a follower of Jesus by submitting your life to him, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, there is no status quo. There isn't just, oh, yes, I was saved. I called on Jesus and now the rest of my life is exactly the same as I had it before. But if we're not careful, I think we try to add Jesus Jesus And then keep doing what we're doing. But that's not what Jesus has for us. And as we continue to hear the Sermon on the Mount here, the gospel changes everything. Jesus changes everything. The life in the kingdom should be be us changing and learning to live the ways of Jesus. So what does that look like? Let's hear from Jesus starting at chapter 5 verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You're welcome to watch me and listen to me. You're certainly welcome to read and follow along in your Bible. We're going to spend a few minutes hearing Jesus' very words from the entire Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for <clears throat> Excuse me. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket, but they put the lamp on a stand so it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." And teaches them, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. You have heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I, Jesus, say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I, Jesus, say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I, Jesus, say to you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, You must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues of the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many, many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount continues now, but I'll pause only to say this, that everything I have read so far in the sermon, we have taught our way through since October. Between October and now, the passages that we just heard from Jesus have been um, taught on Sundays, and so certainly if there was something that caught your eye or was confusing, and there's some of that for sure, uh, and you want to, you can always go back to our website or to our YouTube channel and see past Worship gatherings, hear past messages, go back and study an aspect of the Sermon on the Mount that you may have missed. And then everything that Jesus continues to say from now forward here the next few minutes are passages of this sermon and this scripture passage that we will be teaching in the coming weeks, uh, about the next two months or so, to complete the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, So, chapter 6, verse 16. Your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness, and then the light in you is dark. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, Oh, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that's in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, hey, let me, let me tell you about and take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened." Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, which of you would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus continues, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. These are challenging teachings. These are significant teachings. They're very practical. In a short period, it took me about 15 minutes to read the entire sermon. And we're going to spend about six months teaching through it by the end. But it took 15 minutes to read it. And think of all the practical topics and areas of life that Jesus just Taught about, spoke on, spoke into. Jesus expects his followers to obey. Jesus expects that followers of Jesus, those who have given our lives to him, those who have entrusted him by faith, Jesus expects that his ways. His commands will be obeyed. He expects us to be able to live out his ways. As Jesus walked the earth and lived among people and in real life situations and good, good situations and in tough situations, as he would have done, he intends for us to live those ways. And that's eyebrow-raising, isn't it? Why is it eyebrow-raising? How, how are we to live like him? We haven't arrived yet. We don't, we don't just, you know, um, yeah, join, in, join in the faith, become a follower of Jesus, and then everything's good and everything's done. There is transformation that is occurring, there is ongoing grace. There is God's transforming grace that is making us new people, changing us from the inside out, giving us a new heart and new mind and new desires and new attitudes. We are being changed from the inside out because God's grace, yes, it rescues us. Yes, it forgives us from sin. Yes, it brings us into the family of God. We are saved. And his grace also transforms us and makes us more and more like Jesus. What Jesus teaches, he expects us to obey. But here's the good news, church family. What he expects us to obey, he also enables us to obey. He also empowers us with God himself, the Holy Spirit, living within him in order to be able to live out the ways of Jesus. Have we arrived yet? No. We are works in progress. We are sinners saved by grace. But his grace abounds to us, enabling us to live for him increasingly. Do we we live out the Sermon on the Mount perfectly now? No, but the power of God is in you, enabling you and empowering you to live for him. Is that good news? So then then the Sermon on the Mount then is describing for us what it looks like to live radical lives as as kingdom citizens. If we're not going to allow becoming a follower of Jesus to just be status quo, that yep, I'm saved, thanks Lord for the eternal life, but nothing in the rest of my life is going to change. That's not a good place to be. But if we are going to become followers of Jesus and submit ourselves to God and recognize that God himself lives within us and is helping us to live out his ways, then, then a radical kingdom citizen life looks like All kinds of stuff that we see in scriptures. Uh, Increasing Christ-likeness, becoming more and more like Jesus, seeing increasingly in our lives the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control, etc. Are those things perfectly present in followers of Jesus now? No, but they ought to be increasingly true of your life as you are submitted to Jesus and as the Holy Spirit works in and through you. Does that make sense? Increasingly. The fruit of the Spirit is true of us. And if we are living radical lives as kingdom of God's citizens, we will also obey the great commandment. What's the great commandment? Jesus said, the greatest of all the commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like it, that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Why, how is that possible for us to love God and love others? It's possible because God lives in you and he's enabling you to live it out. And as you grow as a follower of Jesus, you will uh, be able to obey and live out the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Jesus lived, died on the cross, was raised again to new life, appeared to his disciples. And among the things Jesus said before he ascended ascended into heaven, where, by the way, Jesus reigns at the right hand of God, is still absolutely alive. And one one of the things he said before he left was the Great Commission. He says, you, followers of Jesus, you are to go and make disciples. You, followers of Jesus, are to help other people meet and follow and obey and live for and be saved by the grace of Jesus. And we can do that because we are enabled and empowered by God living within us to live out his ways. Um... The gospel is the spectacular good news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And now look with me at, in 1 Peter. But you, God's people, followers of Jesus, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light if we are thankful for the salvation we have received, if we are basking in the glorious good news that we sinners have been made right with God, that we have been adopted into his family, then we are to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus who called us out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. In in Christ, if you are in Christ, life can't be status quo. It's not that we got saved and then everything just stays the same and we keep doing what we want to do. The gospel changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Living in the kingdom of Jesus is is a radical kingdom life of living out the ways of Jesus and being able to live out what is commanded in the Sermon on the Mount, not because we're impressive and really good religious people, but because God lives in you and is empowering you to live for him. The ministry of Faith Church then if, if, if we could put that First Peter verse up there one more time, if that First Peter verse is true then, if we are a royal priesthood, if each believer of Jesus is a spirit-empowered minister of the gospel, you are followers of Jesus, Each of you is a Holy Spirit-empowered minister of the gospel good news, and if that's true, then the ministry of Faith Church, what God wants to do in and through this local church, is not the ministry of a few. It's the ministry of all believers that make up the Faith Church family. If you, follower of Jesus, that is part of the Faith Church family, you are part of the priesthood, part of God's holy people. You are... A proclaimer of the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, the power of your word that you have given us the gift of putting in our Bibles that we may hear it and study it. We thank you for this opportunity this morning to hear in in one fell swoop the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus the power of your word through the power of your son. Thank you for a chance to gather with church family. We thank you for your word. May our lives be increasingly conformed to the likeness of Christ as we recognize that, yes, we are to obey what you have taught, as we desire to live out the ways that you call us to, Thank you, God, that you also enable and empower us to. Would you teach us to increasingly put ourselves where the Holy Spirit is active? Would you draw us to time spent reading and studying your word, that the Spirit would work in our hearts and minds? Would you increasingly draw us into lives of prayer that not only uh, ask for things, but but seek you and submit to you and listen to you that the Holy Spirit might do a work in us as we pray, as we use our spiritual gifts and serve in our church family and serve in our community, as we experience the fellowship of and being surrounded by a family of believers. May all of these things be places where we are increasingly in tune with the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that we are increasingly know what it means to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that Faith Church would be a place of fully engaged believers. I pray that Faith Church would be a church family that is a group of fully engaged priests, of a fully engaged, Holy Spirit-empowered ministers of the gospel. Would you use each and every one of us to be conduits of your love and proclaimers of the excellencies of Jesus who called us out of the darkness and into the light we love you Lord we thank you for your presence with us always we thank you for your word and for teaching us and then enabling us to live for you we give ourselves to you we lift our voices in song we give our offerings we, we love each other in our church family and we go out today and into our spheres of influence to love others and serve others. We do all of this out of so much thankfulness for all you have done. We do this all out of thankfulness that you, God, sent your son to live and die and be raised again so that we can truly live. We love you and we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.